I'm Bianca, and I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. I am Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the Boomer. We, we are, are Day Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, and four unique points of view. Marnisha, and today we want to talk to you about management hacks and tips. Mike and I are actually going to tag team just leading the discussion with the other dames because we actually had two different takes on, on, on the topic. Uh, so we figured it would be best if we, if, if we tag teamed it. But ultimately, we, what we want to do is to give new managers some, just some pointers on how to just be successful at, you know, at your role. And for people who have been managers for some time, we also thought that it would be helpful for you to maybe hear something from us as well, because it might be something you can integrate into what you currently do uh, and just help you and help you become more successful. So um, with that, I think I'm just going to turn it over to Micah so Micah can start talking about her shortcut or shortcut hacks uh, for, for managers. Um, yeah, so when I think of hacks, I think of it, a way to, to shortcut and not have to take the long way to learn something, right? And um, I think people discount training more. When I was growing up in my career, training was a big part of the learning process and companies invested in training. And I feel like now um, people are taking advantage of it, but you have LinkedIn, you have Coursera, you have opportunities now because of the virtual nature and the technology that we have available to just take some shortcuts and learn from other people instead of having to do it yourself right and those people have which is the whole purpose of dame talk they've gone through the mind right and sometimes they have actually stepped on and gotten blown up you know not literally but you know and, and so we're here to talk about how to circumvent that so that you don't have to make the same mistakes or step on the same minds that we have and i i feel like training has helped me um because it, it makes you think of things in a different way and it's also objective right so it's somebody that you're not necessarily reporting to or who's not reporting to you that's giving you their take on how to manage someone how to deal with someone who may be difficult um and you don't necessarily always have to go to hr when you're having a challenge with uh in, in a management role and i think um, if I take a step back, when I think about management, it always sounds great in theory, but the reality of being a manager is hard. And so you've got to be ready for that hard work and be ready to develop somebody. And the quicker you are able to be in that position to, to help them and to be efficient and pro pr productive, the better you're going to be respected. And I think the easier your job will be. That's just my thoughts around, a, you know, a, a good hack for management is training. That's what I, that's where I would start if you're a young uh, uh, up and coming manager. Are there specific? So I am a new manager. I'm very excited. Uh, Yay! Yay. <laughs> and you've been wanting to do this for so long. I have been wanting to do it for a very long time. Yes. Um, you're so brave. 
um, but so I'm curious, are there specific, what, what specific topics might you recommend um, kind of first for, for a new manager when you're thinking of like training and, and that kind of thing? Right. I mean, I think of topics um, developing your people. You know, I think of topics of um, dealing with difficult people. Because um, I think when you have a really great employee who's willing to learn, who's always bringing something to the table, and then you walk away like, wow, I learned a lot from them, that's, that's when you you love managing, right? Because it's like that person's into you, you're into that person and you can see them grow and you can see where you are contributing to that growth. But when you have a person who either doesn't wanna be there, doesn't wanna be working or is unhappy in their role or they're trying to get promoted, I mean, that's a big one. Like I've been in this for five years, it's time for me to get promoted or I've been here six months depending on the person. And you know, so how to, how to help manage that person, but also keep your, um, uh, I guess not authority is the right way, but you know, keep your, uh, position of, um, as a manager and strength. I think strength is the right word because some people will look for the weaknesses in a manager if you're unhappy and they can make your life miserable. Yeah. So holding strong and learning how to deal with that difficult person before you go to HR. Ultimately, sometimes there are times when you have to go to HR and then, you know, it becomes a whole nother level of um, uh, work and, and, and how you deal with that person. But I think before that, just how, how to manage difficult people and understanding why they're being so difficult and how you can help them through it. Um, and then topics like uh, reducing your own stress. I think being a manager can be very stressful because you have your own job and you're responsible for other people and the work that they produce. And you've got to be the one to bring it all together to your manager. That's a lot of pressure. So how do you deal with that stress of being a manager and being in the responsibility? I don't know, Arisha, there's probably other topics that you probably run across that you think might be more helpful. Yeah, based on what you just said, I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me was time management. Um, yeah. And the reason why time management is, is so important is exactly what Micah said. You, you have work that you need to get done, right? You're now managing other people, which means you're part of a management team. So you have responsibilities as a manager, right? And then you also have to manage the workload of your team uh, to ensure that you guys are hitting your goals. So time management is very, very important. Um, the other thing I would say is take courses that are going to make you better at not managing, but at what your discipline is. Okay. So if there are new developments in, um, in, in your field, learn, stay on top of what's going on in your own industry. Because one of the most challenging things I feel is that, that people sometimes have with their managers is that they know more, right? I know more than he does. I know more than he does. And something, you can't, you can't know everything in any field, right? But, but if they see you as a resource, and if they see you as somebody that stays on top of what's going on in the industry, uh, I think that that helps to get rid of some of the things that, that, that Micah said. And to that point, Arnisha, when you take your courses, share what you learned with your team, right? Yeah. 
be open about, listen, guys, I just took this great course on, you know, time management or this great course on, you know, how to develop people. And this is what I learned. And let's talk about it because then you're helping them and they also see, oh, she's like taking this seriously. And when you come across articles that are pertinent to your business, share them with your people. So they see like, oh, she's on top of this and she's helping me stay on top of this. So that's another way to generate this like camaraderie and this like we're in this together. Um, And that's how you want your your, um, people who are reporting you to, to feel as a team. Yeah, I'd say as someone who has very rarely really managed and mostly been managed, the the supervisors that I've appreciated the most um, tend to be, like you said, those people who are sort of really down to earth and and open with you and been like, you know, I'm here to help you rather than I'm here to be enforcing, obviously the enforcing, you know, a job and enforcing sort of the parameters of what you're supposed to be doing is important. But I think the people that have been most successful as my supervisors have been people that are like, I'm here to help you do your best. Mm -hmm. So if there's any questions, anything that you need, I'm here with you. It's like sort of, I'm here with you on your, your journey. Um, And a lot of supervisors I've had haven't necessarily like been experts in their field yet. But like Arnisha said, they're willing to go the extra mile and sort of be like, I don't know that, but I will learn that for you or I'll, I can direct you to um, who to ask about that question. So it's kind of like being willing to, you know, figure out as you're going along what the people need from you that you're watching over. I've really appreciated those supervisors a lot. Yeah. And you know, we all keep saying people, 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 people. To me, that's the most critical component of management. Remember that you're dealing with people, right? So if you are, if you, if you remember that, that, okay, this, I'm not looking at them as they report into me, but I'm trying to look at them as who they are, then some of the management things should start to become, start to come a little bit easier, right? So I had like a few basic things down that we know we should do, but as a manager, sometimes people forget, you know? Um, One is the golden rule. You treat people the way you want to be treated, right? And it it just, it, um, it, it, we know the types of supervisors and unless you have your own business or unless you are the CEO of, an, of a company, we all have somebody we're reporting into and we know what we like about the way they manage us and we know what we dislike, you know? So I, I, I'm a big believer, you know, if you don't want people talking over you, then don't talk over people. You know? <laughs> if you don't want, you know, you treat people the way you, you want to be treated. Um, yeah. Another thing I think, again, once again, is treating people as people is listen and learn. You don't know everything. Even though you are their boss, you don't know everything. And there are things that they might, perspectives they might have that could enrich your knowledge base. Um, and it also just helps in building a relationship. Nobody likes to feel like they're being told everything to do, right? So if you are asked, if you're having a dialogue, if you're asking, what are your thoughts on this? How do you think we should approach it? That doesn't make you look like a weak manager. That makes you look like I'm empowering my people to share their point of view. And if what they're proposing makes no sense for your business, 
<laughs> then you dial it back because you are the manager. <laughs> you have to dial it back and say, well, I think a better pro approach might be this because of that. But if people feel like they are, they, they have um, a safe, right? A safe environment to share what their thoughts are and how um, they feel they feel certain things should be approached. It, you know, it starts to help build a little bit more of that trust relationship that you'd want your, 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 your team, your team to have with you. And I, when, as you were talking, I was thinking of like two hacks that might be helpful. Um, one, if you are a new manager, meaning it doesn't mean new manager you've never managed, but just have a new team or a new manager. The best thing you can do is have a meeting with your team as soon as possible and explain your style to them, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a good hack. If they understand, here's me, here's, here's what works for me. I'm a very detailed person or I'm not a detailed person. So, and here's what would be helpful to me as your manager if you, you know, did these things or worked in this way. Um, and then let them know also to your point, Ernisha, this is a safe space. I want you to be able to come to me and talk to me, but also set boundaries because you you do need to let them know that, you know, I need a report by Monday and I need that report by Monday at two. I, I you know, obviously life happens, but you know, for me, deadlines are really important. So I'm expecting all of you to respect that and meet your deadline. So have that conversation. Um, and then a second hack is who are the really good managers in your organization? Who are the people that either have managed you or you've kind of admired or heard other people say that they're a great manager? Get in contact with that person. Find out what's working for them. What makes them such a great manager? That's like a sure, 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 bleh, a real shortcut in your organization because you're going to the people that other people already respect, right? So learn from them. Um, so those are kind of the two hacks I thought about as you were talking, Arnisha. You know, it's funny that you said it because I think I, I have one hack on my list, just one. <laughs> <laughs> just one and that is to use what worked before you right so i think that oftentimes we get into a role and we think we need to reinvent it right you want to put your own yeah. something yeah. right um and, and i think that's kind of human nature you want to make it yours but there are things that worked very well before you got into that role and those are things that you shouldn't disrupt as time progresses you can build on it you can improve it and then you might decide you want to pivot and do something different but Find out what worked and your team, if you inherited your team especially, will be able to tell you, look, this is what we did. It worked very well. This is the reason why it worked so well. And those are things that you can build upon. So that's definitely a hack because you don't have to try to figure out a way to do something. You can just pick up the ball and run with things that have worked already as long as they're aligned with what you need to accomplish. Oh, yeah, that's excellent because there's going to be enough things that aren't working that you can work on. So the exactly. things that are working, let them go, right? Like give yourself exactly. some time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I don't think this is a hack. This is this is more of a this is more of a tip. Um, when you become a manager, I it, I think it's a little. So you might get a false sense of security that I really know my stuff, right? <laughs> I got promoted. I'm a manager. Um, but I think that can be a very dangerous place to be. Um, I think that once you start moving into managerial roles and you become more senior, you become a lot more visible um, within your organization. And you can't hide. I, I don't, you know, whether you have a hiding personality or not is irrelevant. The minute you get promoted to a manager, you're, you're no longer able to just put your head down and do your job. You, you know, you, you 
really are in a more a much more visible position and because of that i say be prepared always don't wing it don't wing it do not put yourself in a position where you walk into any meeting that you know of in advance if it's an impromptu meeting you can't be judged for that, right? But or a spontaneous meeting, you can't be judged for that. But if you know that it's 9 a.m. and somebody just scheduled a meeting for you for 3 p.m., if they've set that meeting up properly, you should know what the what you're going to discuss, how long it's going to take, and what your role is in that meeting. So you walk into those meetings prepared, right? So one of my old, I have a tendency to ramble. I've been working on that my whole career. <laughs> One of my old bosses told me, and it was great advice, and I still use it to this day. When you go into a meeting, have three things. Three things that you want to ensure the person walks away with. So I would say use that same exact thing when you're preparing for your meetings. You know what the topic is going to be. You're in that meeting because they want your contribution. You have your three things that your goal is to communicate during that meeting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Bianca. I was going to say, this is sort of more along the lines with what um, both you you and Arnisha and Micah were talking about um, a little bit before um, Arnisha gave that advice for the three things. But I think um, along with the, you know, know what has happened before you and, and think about um, using past, uh, past wisdom in your job, I think that's also similar with um, knowing what your uh, the people that you're managing know about themselves and like use that to your advantage as a manager. I think it would be really impressive to me as someone um, who is being managed um, if, if a manager were to ask me, what are your strengths? How can I sort of emphasize what you're best at in this position. I think that that's always been something I, because there gets to a point where you've been working for years now, you know what you're good at, you know what environments you work best in, and you know how you can best contribute most often in a team or, you know, to a manager. So if someone were to come in and ask you, especially as a new manager and say, hey, I know I'm now your boss, how can, this is how I best work. How do you best work? How can I best like, get the best work out of you, I think that would be really impressive to me. Um, so that's something that that I feel like I heard in a little bit in, yeah. in the background of use wisdom that's already there, you yeah. know? And I think that's an excellent point because it's also part of being honest with your employees. So if you came to me and said, I want to be head of this department in five years, and I look at what you've done and I, I have to be honest with you and say, well, you know what? It not, might not happen in five, but it can happen in 10. Like having those honest discussions with people and learning and knowing where they're trying to go so that you can give them the right assignments and the right exposure to get them there. Um, I think that's also something to think about as a manager because you forget they have, you, you know, I'm not saying people forget, but you have to remember they have careers they're trying to move along too. So how do you help them get to where they're going that's the best a manager can do for someone who's working for them. Um, and like Arnisha said, if you are a manager that's doing that for people and being communicative as a visible person in your company, that's, I feel like going to look really impressive to everybody, you know, as you're known as now the person who um, both manages others, but also helps people within the company. So probably looks good for your own career too. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is great. And this is reminding me of uh, one of our episodes we did either last season or maybe it was back in the first season around how to be a good manager. Um, and Arnisha, I remember you were preparing for it and you said it was really hard to actually prepare for it because there are so many things out there about bad managers. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm thinking, you know, cause I'm sitting here thinking, you know, uh, throughout my, my career so far, I've had at various times, I've had some managers that didn't necessarily work out. Um, I actually think a lot about my earlier days in working in restaurants, um, not great managers there, um, and a different, in a different environment, right. Than than perhaps, you know, if you're working in an office setting or, or somewhere else. Um, and so I think that's why I've been so eager to want to be a manager so that I can do it a way that like, I would want to be managed. Right. Um, or, you know, I, really looking for a leader, right? So not just like managing the work, but trying to, you know, find that, that leadership as well. Um, and so this has been, this has been great hearing about the things you should do and, and how you can maybe do them. One thing that's always been over the, over the last several years, I've been working really hard on, on being comfortable with giving feedback to my managers, which is very difficult. I find to be, at least for me, I, I actually do it quite frequently to various uh, people who are, who are more senior than me because it's, it's a, for me, it just feels like a good exercise to get into, right? Um, and try to build those relationships. Uh, but how do you, but I'm curious about this idea of feedback as a manager. Like how do you, not everyone is comfortable giving feedback to their manager um, because it can be awkward and uncomfortable. So I guess on the one, what would you recommend on how to encourage or make like a space for people to give feedback? Um, and then also then how do you deal with maybe negative feedback or feedback for you to improve? Like how do you just kind of go through that and, and sit with it? I'm curious. I just want to make sure I understand. Are you saying where your team gives you feedback or where you have to give them feedback? Where they're giving you feedback. So opening up that space where they feel comfortable that they can actually give it. Right. Um, and then how, how do you kind of react to that and kind of think through it or implement some of the things that are like, you know, how do you, how, just, how do you approach that? Kind of I think it depends on the size of your team, right? So people who have really big teams, this is easy to do. You do surveys, right? So that way it's hard to tell who's the specific person giving that feedback, but you get like how, if you did, a big, you know, all day team meeting, or you did something, you know, and you ask people to give feedback on how that went, if it's a presentation, whatever it is. Obviously, if the bigger it is, the easier it is to do like a survey and you get that feedback. And then because many organizations do it for their overall organizational health. So you would do it for your team, right? If you have a very small team, then I would think if you had a, hey, you know what, can you guys just send me an email and say, you know, two things that you thought went really well and two things that you thought, you know what, let's work on improving. However, you know, so you, you make people think of the positive and the negative. And so they don't feel like they're always just giving you the negative, but they're also looking at how things went well. And that might be an easier way for them to give feedback or think about feedback. I, I don't know. That's yeah. And that's true. And maybe it's not necessarily negative feedback, right? It's areas of improvement, things that maybe aren't going well, but not necessarily like, I guess, cushioning it, even just mentally thinking of it as negative is maybe not the, 
the right framing. Right, because that's how you're going to receive it. If you right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in I, I think the surveys is great in a large in a large organization. I think and I've been working in really small companies for several years. Um, and I think that you start that, Molly, honestly, by just having a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with each person. Where it's not it's not formal, it's informal, right? So it and it, it, it this is going to sound really strange, but it's almost like when you are talking to someone about their project, right? Or at the end of a conversation asking them questions like, was that clear? Um, do you understand exactly what I'm talking about? Are we on the same page? Um, is there anything I can do to help you with this? So you, you're getting feedback in terms of your effectiveness and um, being able to communicate what needs to be done. You're also showing them that you're willing to help them. And since that dialogue is beginning, just if you just start that daily or not even daily but whenever you're talking about things it becomes a lot easier to say okay we just talked about this i want you to give me some feedback tell me how that went what was great what didn't work but mm -hmm. if you start in like small doses where they to give them the 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 the, the confidence to um to talk to you right to say okay well she asked me and they, they can say you know what molly i actually didn't get that part can you just explain that to me again or can we go over that if that becomes something you're doing on a regular basis when you're looking for richer feedback you have already established a foundation that they'll feel comfortable saying this is great this i think could be better right so you Straight start tips. with small stuff right that that seeming doesn't seem like it's a big deal if I don't really like something, you know, the, the, the less, um, for lack of a better word, the less important it is, the easier for people to start giving you feedback. And then as it becomes more and more important, then they've they're already used to it. So like Arnisha said, they'll be giving it, you know, more frequently and easier um, right. about how you receive it and how not, you know, what to do with it. That's, you know, and I think it's, that's very personal because some people will take neg negative or, you know, positive. Some people take positive feedback and they're like, no, no, no. You know, they don't even accept that, right? So you've got to be able to accept the positive that you're doing something well um, first and feel good about that and, and you know, savor the win um, as a manager because that's as important as taking the negative and saying, okay, here's how I need to tweak or improve and you know acknowledging that to the broader team because if one person is having a challenge with something you know what don't make it just about that person just say hey guys i'm working on x y and z and then it becomes now the whole team knows because usually people talk right so um so that's a good way to make people know that you are you hear them and you're you're, you're trying to improve um and say hey if you know call me on it if you see that i'm sliding back or i'm you know if you you know ask them to hold you accountable and give them that permission sometimes that helps as well yeah and i i'll also say i feel like you sort of said this already in but in a different way i think the that it's hard for when a manager asks for feedback to just be like all right how over overall how do you think i'm doing i think that's a really hard thing to answer because yeah. most people are gonna be like you know pretty good <laughs> like fine um, so i feel like the more specific you can be about uh the feedback and like arnisha and i think both micah said the more frequent and smaller the items you ask for feedback on like say you worked on a project 
um, with that person or, or helped them with a project or, you know, there was a meeting or something, even just shooting an email or saying like, hey, how do you think that meeting went or how do you think this project went, um, especially if you can tell that it was a particularly stressful thing. Um, like I had a day recently where a supervisor was, you know, had set up a, a group project day, a group project, and um, but one someone else on the team was supposed to be the project lead for that day, and some things went wrong. And I think, and we had sort of a midday sort of review, action review um, situation. And I think if if my supervisor had been like, okay, how do you think the first half of today went? Or like, I noticed that there were some stressful things about today, like how how could that have gone differently? I think that would have been really helpful, you know? Right. So, cause you think the, the second half of the day would have went much better if you had a review of the first half of the day, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, I think also part of that is know that there's no such thing as a, a perfect manager, right? You're going to make mistakes. You absolutely are. But I think what's very important is that you be willing to apologize quickly for your mistakes when you see them, right? So whether somebody calls you on it or you realize it yourself, let's just say that you had two options, right? And let's say that everybody was saying, let's do A, and you just felt in your gut that you should be do B. And B was wrong. <laughs> so you find out, you know, a week later that B wasn't the right route, you know? It's important, I think, it, again, your goal is to try to build some type of trust. You don't have to be friends. That's not the goal. The goal isn't to be friends. You just want people who you want to build high performing teams. So I think it's important that you just say, you know what, I know I was on this B trip and I, and these are the reasons why, right? Because you don't want it to think you want them to be clear, like there are facts behind why I chose B, not because it was all about me, right? Because employees can pick up on that quickly. Uh, and these are the reasons why. However, now we know that the right approach was A. So I'm sorry we wasted a few days going in that direction. I do think we have some lessons from B that we can apply to A, but moving forward, we'll be going in that direction. So I, I remember again that you're a person, you're going to make mistakes, you're not going to be perfect, but when you own up to it, I think that um, people just respect you more and you build their trust more. And are, are you always going to have people that complain anyway? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. I have yeah, fortunately, they're not the majority. I'm going to be honest. I've been mad people for a long time. The majority is not people that are going to be complaining and looking for you to do the wrong thing and make mistakes. That really is the minority. Um, most people want to do their jobs, do it well, and go home, you know? Um, but the ones that are that way, are, are those are the ones that require the most amount of work because you feel like you really need to dot your I's and cross your T's when you're dealing with them. But if you, again, if you operate from a place of integrity, um, you will start to build, um, build trust and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be more willing. They'll, they'll get behind you and, and stand, stand with you. Even when things aren't going well, they'll stand, they'll stand behind you as long as you just create that environment. See, a team culture is one of, of, of being supportive and being honest. And yeah, my manager said she got something wrong. So if I made a mistake, it's okay for me to go explain that I made a mistake so she can help me work through it you know, because she acknowledged and she admitted to the mistakes that she made, so. Yeah, and I think the best leader, the best manager, um, and, and here's a hack, never throw anybody under the bus. Right. Always be the one, right, that you, the buck stops here. I am the leader, so if you did something that wasn't correct, right, I'm gonna take ownership of it. I'm not gonna say, oh, my team didn't deliver this because of Joe. 
right? And that is the, I can't tell you how many times I have seen people and I have been thrown under the bus and I've seen people and that's just the way people operate because they're so afraid to admit they did something wrong. They look for an excuse and use somebody else as the fall person. And that is the worst kind of leader out there. So to me, if you wanna be a, a great leader, own your team and everything that comes out of your team and behind the scenes you can talk to joe but yeah. don't blame joe to upper management yeah but you know what you, there might be instances on the back end of it where upper management sees that joe is a problem right okay. well that's a whole nother yeah, yeah there might be and, and in that case when what i again i don't this is not a hack this is a tip keep very copious notes at some point you're going to have to do a review right so i would have a folder that was not accepted you know, i might put it somewhere where i might not tell one of my teammates to look for something for me but i would have a folder when people did great things i print it out and put it in the folder so when it's time to review you have examples of this is what she did that was great this is what he did that was great this is what they did and when there are things areas that where there there are areas of opportunity I don't, I didn't print those out. I would write them down and then talk to them about it in the moment, right? So if they did something, if they came out of a meeting and they didn't approach something the right way, I say, you know, let's talk for a minute. I just want to talk about that meeting and then give them the feedback immediately and then jot a note down in your notebook. So that way, you know, okay, this is something that he or she needs to work on. I need to help coach them through this and let's see if we can get beyond that. But that's also feedback that you would integrate into, um, a formal review process but just you know make it easy on yourself when if somebody does something great print it out you know make a note like i'm just sticking this in the folder because you want people to know wow she's really paying attention to the things that i'm doing and the things that i do well not only does she tell me but she's documenting it in my formal in my formal reviews yeah. <sighs> wow that's just so great i mean both of you sitting here and i've thought this before but like it's too bad neither of you were just my managers throughout my career so far, you know, like whew, I also so many great tips, you know, like, <laughs> like Bianca, let's just go work for them. I mean, it's I, really would. The best. I was like, maybe, wait, maybe that should be my next career stuff. I just call Arnisha and ask her to hire me or Micah, either one. If I can, I will. Look up. Absolutely. That's right. If I can, I will. <laughs> but, so I don't know what this is, but what about those people who just know they are not people people and should not be managers, right? Yeah. Like they, and oftentimes I, I find that, especially in a big organization, they don't give people a choice, like, right? If, you don't, if you're not a manager, then you're not moving up. Mm -hmm. But there's some people that are just better as individual contributors. <laughs> I'm laughing because I have somebody very close to me that's like that. And, and she would never um, dispute it, never wanted to be, never wanted to be a manager and got put in that position and hated it. But did they, were they able to get past it in their career, you know? I, I'm going to say no, because in the, when I say get past it, I mean it becomes something that you accept and you find a way to deal with and you end up excelling at it, right? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because if you really don't want the responsibility of having people report to you, that doesn't change. You know, you don't want, you want to be accountable for what you do and what you're responsible for. And if you don't want to be responsible for anyone else, when you're put in that position, that doesn't necessarily change. And sometimes those are the people that throw people under the bus, right? Because they yeah. don't want to be there in the first place. So why am I <laughs> accepting the blame for it? 
I don't want to say Joe because I don't want to seem like we're anti-men. For Rebecca. Or, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, why am I accepting the blame for Keisha or Rebecca when I don't even want her reporting to me anyway? <laughs> so, I see, that's so much though. Like, not only do people get, you know, put into the position, but I feel like so often it's when a management position opens up, it's a, it's a, it's a look around and say, oh, well, this person's been here the longest. So, you know, they should be the one who becomes the manager right. and they, and I feel like so much like you guys have talked about training and how it feels like it used to be a bigger thing, but like how many people get become managers and maybe they're managing a team of five and then suddenly they're managing a team of 30. Right. That takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. And, um, and so I think that's also just like, there's such a, and I don't know, maybe this is just the nonprofit world. I think this maybe probably happens in, in corporations too, but of that, of that, like that culture and that system that just associates kind of seniority with, or, you know, length of experience with being good at somehow being able to, you know, then suddenly step into a big management role. I think in corporate, it's more like the star, right? So this person has shown that they, they, are a star in the role they're in so they must be able to manage people and we see them as a person that's going to go far in the organization so then they start putting them in those positions to to manage people but that doesn't mean they can manage people it just means they were really good at what they were doing at that time mm -hmm. and corporations specifically do not acknowledge when somebody to me don't acknowledge enough fast enough that somebody's just not a good manager and we need to find another role that's better for them. They just kind of let them slog it through and then eventually sometimes they do become better. But, you know, in the meantime, you have all this collateral damage, you know, of people that they've supervised that feel like they've just been through, you know, the, the ringer. And, you know, so I think that that becomes a challenge. And I think organizations need to do better with analyzing who would be good with people and who would not and not penalize someone who's not good with people because that doesn't mean they can't contribute in the same way and do right. as they should be able to do as well just right. in a different way you know right 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 so but yeah i think that's that's my hacks and my tips for the day is there any do you have any questions though molly i mean you're new so if do you have any questions you'd like us to answer I think you answered them all. I, I mean, no, we could sit here for a full week and just nonstop. I could just, you know, learn so much from the two of you at any given moment on any given topic. But uh, I took a full page of notes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been so helpful. And I think it helps me think, you know, like I said, like I, because I have either personally experienced or I've witnessed other people experiencing, you know, less than ideal management situations. Um, I think that's that's always been one of the drivers for me as I said is like well I because I, I can do I can do it well I can you know I can learn how to do it well and I can be a good manager right but I think the tips that and the things that you both talked about um and Bianca the things that you mentioned too um I think helps me reframe my just kind of what I'm thinking about like thinking about those situations that maybe didn't work out so well I can pinpoint oh well because they weren't doing xyz that we just talked about here okay. so it's a very it's a specific thing and it, it's helping me think through more of those those um 
kind of specific acts or, or bigger kind of culture pieces that are that would be so helpful in, in being that that good good manager, not just being the opposite of a bad manager, right. but right. <laughs> actual right. the, the right. specific actual details. Um, so this is super helpful, and I think hopefully helpful for for other people listening in too. Yeah, I think that's a great point, though, Molly. It's not it's focusing on the good, not the bad, because like someone says. Uh, what kind of job do you want? Well, don't tell me what kind of job you don't want. You got to think about the kind of job you want, right? So we, we so quickly fall into the negative and what I don't want to be or what I'm not going to be, but we got to focus on what we are and what we will are reaching for um, in the future. Um, and I think that's an excellent point that you made, Mom. Yes, and there's only one more thing I want to add before we go. Um, there's one more. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know, I know. But the more we talk, the more I'm like, what about this? What about that? <laughs> Remember that as a, as a manager, you're managing up and you're managing down. Yeah. Right? So yeah, okay. the managing, we've been talking a lot about the managing down piece. Yeah. Um, the managing up piece, make sure you have a clear understanding of what your, your, your manager expects from you as a manager, right? So that you know that you're trending towards what their expectations are. Um, so as you're working to be a great manager, your boss is also saying, okay, I see that Molly's done this. I see that Molly's done that, you know, and your boss will, you can take, and you get, you can, uh, you can begin that dialogue with your boss as well and get feedback and get advice. I think it also is great when you ask your boss for advice, you know, um, not throwing anybody under the bus, but say something like, you know, I just was wondering, I'm dealing with a situation like this. How have you dealt with it in the past? Well, how do you have any advice? Could you coach me through it? I think that that um, it it doesn't it doesn't show that you don't know right well it, so it's not something you should feel vulnerable about but what it does is it shows your boss like okay she saw this as something that she wanted to work on and she came to me to get advice on how to how to how to address it as opposed to kind of like digging your head in the sand thinking it's going to go away you know so I, I think it's you know just remember that you're managing both ways. I think excellent point. And also mm -hmm. make your manager feel valuable. Like your manager's there to manage you and right. you're managing people. So that's part of the process. So you're showing that you value your manager and how they operate. Um, and that's always a good thing. And that always helps your relationship. But yeah, yes. that whole managing up piece, we totally forgot. But that is, that can be just as stressful. So you gotta, you gotta work on both ways. Um, and then you become a pro. <laughs> And you, right, and you could teach a class <laughs> on it. <laughs> Bianca, you said some really great things. I don't know if all of you dames know. I don't think I posted it. I just landed a new job. We'll talk about it offline. But Bianca said, I have not been a manager in two years. So while I hope it's like riding a bike, right, and I just step back into it, and I'm like, things start to click again, um, it might not. So when Bianca said, you know, if someone asked me, you know, if somebody talked, said, talked about their style and asked, what are your strengths and in what ways can I help you, that's how I'm going to actually kick off my discussions with my team, because I think it's just such a great way to start a relationship. So I just wanted to thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, so I, I think I kicked this one off. I, okay, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. Um, please, if you have any questions, you can, I think you can email us, you know, and we can address them. Um, if you have any thoughts on what you'd like us to discuss, uh, you can reach out to us. We're here to serve you and to help you in any ways that we can. Um, and thank you for listening. And we hope that you'll be back to hear us again soon.
Bye-bye. Bye. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.